Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so passionate about peeling back that veil our society has constructed around perfectionism online. When starting my own personal platform on Instagram, I realized that I was getting caught in the inauthentic hustle, and it was severely affecting my mental health, mostly because I was comparing my behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Throughout my life, I've come to own that my setbacks were actually just set ups for something better. I found a way to step into my true potential, and the goal is to amplify other voices who have done the same so that someone out there feels seen and that much less alone. I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest. So let's get started. All right, pals, I'm so excited to introduce our next guest, Tom Shea. He is a retired Navy SEAL who served with the U.S. Navy for 23 years with distinguished valor before writing his best-selling book, Unbreakable, A Navy SEAL's Way of Life, and his latest release, Three Simple Things, Leading During Chaos. As a founder of Unbreakable Leadership, Tom has trained thousands of people around the world to overcome chaos by applying the rule of three simple things to their lives and businesses. Tom developed his leadership process and methods during his military career where he served in three wars, ultimately leading a team of SEALs into Afghanistan in 2009. There he earned a Silver Star, Bronze Star with Valor, Army Commendation with Valor, and his second Combat Action Medal. He was later hand-selected to serve as officer in charge of the famed SEAL Sniper Course. Tom and I chat all about goals that should scare you, how to be honest with yourself, and why finding a mentor that will push you is so integral to your own success. That conversation is started next. Well, Tom, thank you so much for joining us on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. I'm so excited for my audience to get to know you and your story and personally for me to get to know everything. So everyone, this is Tom. Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, I uh, I like the title, and I'm really interested to see <laughs> where this goes. Yes, so I would love for you to just give us a little bit of background on you and your story from what I've read that your team sent over. You have done some pretty kick-ass things, so <laughs> I would love for my audience to get to know more about you. Well, gosh, where do you start on that? I um, I'm a retired Navy SEAL. I was in the SEAL teams for 23 years, and boy, I've been retired for eight years. Mm. Uh, but uh, the time in the SEAL teams, I, I was uh, an instructor in SEAL training. I was a sniper instructor. I had seen uh, 2,700 hours of combat during my career, and uh, I retired as a, a SEAL senior chief in rank. And uh, in retirement, I had written a book to my wife that I didn't think the public would ever read. And <laughs> my wife, Stacy, put it uh, up on Amazon without my permission. And uh, eight years ago, I went into the public sector unintentionally. And uh, since then, I've, I, I spend my time training leaders to, uh, to lead. Wow. So you have actually written three books now, correct? Mm. No more. No two two books. Yeah. Two. Okay. I'm on okay. my third. You're on your third. Okay. Uh, which was the first book that was published without your knowledge? 
Oh, boy, that's a big story. I, I had written a book. <laughs> I had written some ideas to my kids in 2009 when I took a SEAL platoon over to Afghanistan. And uh, yeah, combat is scary. And uh, my wife and I had seen a lot of it together. And this one was going to be the scariest. Mm. And uh, so she kind of tasked me with, in case you die, can you teach the kids things about you? I'm like, wow. oh my gosh. And so oh it, was gosh. A, it was a series of emails and saved uh, like, uh, it, I mean, Zoom wasn't there back then. It was Yahoo Messenger, you know, <laughs> video. Yep. yep. And so we spent a lot of time talking in between combat missions and but I survived and I had no intent to ever write. And uh, so she said, Hey, why don't you put that together? And the title that I put together that we printed out five copies and we're going to give to the kids. And I think to my parents or something like that, because we have three kids, mm -hmm. uh, the titles, uh, the title was uh, Spartan woman. And oh, uh, the wow. whole theme was uh, strong men don't get that way without strong women. And it was 13 lessons that are of that same venue, how to be strong, uh, how to be the best you could possibly be in various situations. And uh, for some reason, the, the editor that Stacy had gone with or the publisher changed it to a title called Unbreakable Navy Seals Way of Life. Because mm. I guess Spartan women doesn't sell. Uh, Navy Seals must be a sexy term. I don't know. You know, well, two. and Unbreakable, I feel like has so many different meanings and I'm sure you in that book explored all different facets of that word. Yeah, well, exactly. From, you know, from the vantage point of a, a dad, a, a husband, a leader, a kid at heart and uh, how, you know, close to the edge you can live and thrive. And, and then, so that book came out and that was eight years ago. And then I wrote one two, a year ago called Three Simple Things Are Thriving in Chaos. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, it was, I thought it was poignant at the time to write that uh, because uh, it was right before COVID hit. And I had wow. trained a bunch of leaders to turn companies around and turn themselves around. And, and then COVID hit. And, uh, so it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Mm. Yes. With that being said, you mentioned that some of your, well, your books are leadership-based and you're training leaders and ways to lead their company. How is it different training a leader in the military versus in the civilian sector? Uh, the word leader, I, I think I put there as a catchphrase. I, if I were to say it in my terminology, it's uh, how to make humans the best versions of themselves. Mm. Uh, there's no difference between somebody in the military and somebody outside. It's just a level of commitment that it takes or stupidity that it takes to be in the military. <laughs> uh, humans all learn the same way. Some, uh, some people learn viscerally. Some people were, learn academically. Uh, and, but very few people want to risk their lives in the process of, or the pursuit of life. Mm. Uh, the military is, are one of those people who, whether you want to or not, you're going to risk your life. Uh, and so the human condition learns really well when it has to. And uh, so it's actually really easy to teach people in the military things that matter. Mm. Because if it doesn't matter, they won't learn it. If it does matter, they'll pick it up overnight. Wow. In, in the business world, things tend to delay 
because you can get away with stupidity for a long time in the world mm-hmm. and you can be compensated and the government can bail you out. All kinds of weird anomalies that happen in the, in the civilian sector that don't exist in the military sector. Well, and I think that's so interesting, a point that you bring up in the military, you're literally training as a team. And if you're not functioning as a team properly, your life is quite literally on the line. And mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. don't trust your leaders and if your leaders haven't earned that respect and that relationship, it's not going to work. Where again, in any other job, you can go to your job and your life isn't on the line. So it is a very grave, different level. Yeah. Uh, the the two words that you use there are kind of interesting. Uh, trust is not a conversation that happens in the SEAL teams. Mm. You don't actually trust anybody. You just follow up and ensure that they do what they say they're going to do. Like people will make a promise and then it's such, it's so hard to be successful, even from a leader's standpoint and a follower's standpoint, that you never let somebody do something without follow-up. So I never trust my leader to be able to be capable of doing something without me making sure he does it. Mm. And so the, the word trust is a kind of a catchphrase that okay. doesn't, it's weird. Uh, I, I don't trust anybody to do something difficult. That's why you get a team. Like mm-hmm. 22 people functioning well means that I can have a bad moment and somebody will recover me. I can fail and somebody will pick me up. I don't trust that you're going to do anything. And you're always checked constantly. Do you have the right stuff? Are you okay? And so in the teams, there's that weird sense that uh, I can fail forward. You know, it's the weird, that's what they hear on the outside. It happened yeah. in, the, in the SEAL teams. Fail moving forward, get back up while you're moving forward and keep moving forward. Mm. And uh, the other one is, uh, I forgot what you said, but trust is not a weird, it's a weird conversation that doesn't really exist in the SEAL yeah. teams. I, that's understandable. And my background is in the animal field. And mm-hmm. so working with dangerous animals, there is a system to mm-hmm. It's like a two-person check with locks and things like that. And you have to trust the person, quote, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you work with. But in reality, I knew that every time I wrote down my initials, every time I locked that lock, it was my ass on the line too. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no matter how much I knew that person outside of work or knew their capabilities in work, I was always going to double check because, again, it's my life, my animal's life. What animals did you work with? (laughs) So I actually worked with a multitude of different animals. I actually worked for the Navy Marine Mammal Program, which is so wild that when you reached out, I was like, whoa. I mean, I your Navy SEALs originally worked with the Navy Marine Mammal Program. and The dolphins and the... uh, um, The sea um, lions. Sea lions, yeah. Yeah. So I actually was over at um, Kings Bay submarine Mm. base and worked with the dolphins and sea lions there and then i worked with killer whales elephants rhinos the whole whole shebang (laughs) yeah so that's what it's like to lead a seal team there are they're wild animals (laughs) and you can't trust them like i would never trust a dolphin like a male dolphin you shouldn't (laughs) it it doesn't like you no (laughs) and if it's uh it's if it's going to get the upper hand it does very quickly yeah and uh, so that's what it's like to be in a SEAL platoon. They're all predators, mm. and they cannot be led. 
they're there because they choose to be there. And they're there that there's 20 other guys that will knock them down if they go too far. So there's that weird system that they should be in jail. They're so, I mean, just everybody's trained to kill very efficiently and they can endure for days without sleep and no, they don't need to be coddled. They don't need to eat and drink. So it's a weird situation that you, you can't force anybody in that community to do anything. They've chosen to be there. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't pay enough money. I mean, it's a bill. You should get paid a billion dollars to risk your life. For and you sure. do it for 22 cents. You're like, okay, just, just give me a beer. I'll go do it. You know? Mm. Uh, mm. So the weird, uh, not that we went down this rabbit hole intentionally, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the human condition uh, does not like to be led. Even though I have a leadership company, I teach people a different topic. It's more of a sales pitch that leadership, <laughs> leadership. Yeah. I teach you to be you at, at the best, at the best level that you can. Mm. I love that. So you brought up the literal physical endurance. I'm sure the mental component too. Have you noticed, does mental health play a role in yes. the job that you did? And That's why I was interested to talk now. to you. Yeah? yeah? I was interested to talk to you about your vantage point about that and kind of share what we have learned and what I've learned specifically about mm-hmm. Uh, mental health and or mental disabilities and uh, so the whole the premise of seal training is ninety percent mental and what that means is uh, willpower uh, the mental side like physicality is one thing but how you process the world through your senses and your intelligence I call all mental emotion and intellectual uh, IQ and EQ are all mental. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the SEAL teams, they realize that the mentality is 90%. And that's a paradox. What do you mean? It's the hardest physical training in the world. And I've been to a lot of other trainings uh, that are hard, but not at at, at the close proximity to SEAL training. It's designed to make you not physically capable. Like it beats you up physically so that you can't function physically very well. You have to exercise that mental muscle, whatever that means to people, uh, and how they make you encounter the mental side of it is through the process of quitting. Mm. So the human condition, uh, if it learns to never quit, becomes a different uh, person. So what a guy named Draper Kaufman in World War II wrote this curriculum about human training and he he put a process together called hell week and in hell week we want you to experience the worst part of you and we want you to get to a point where you never quit on anything even though you're going to die like you feel like you're going to die and things like most people can't process that somebody threatening to kill you is mental feeling like you're dying, like your heart's going to explode, your knees are going to fall out, you chafed, your mm. eyes are shut, you can't breathe, you're drowning. All that stuff is also mental. And the question that Draper Kaufman posed to the world was, if I can produce somebody that's not going to quit, what are we capable of doing? So, and to date, 
85% of the people who try to go through BUDS or SEAL training quit. Right. The other 15% have decided the, this is stupid and I'm going to continue anyway. Like, <laughs> and so what you, what you end up as a human being is uh, a different human being. The moment you get through hell week, you just aren't the same anymore. You probably weren't right in the head before. Now it's really not right because mentally you're never going to quit. So you may not function anymore. You may get a divorce. You may see your buddies die. You may get your leg blown off, but you're not going to quit on what you had agreed to do, whatever that is. And that's the big distinguishing factor in the SEAL program is you get beaten down so far, you just, you give up giving up. Like, I don't care anymore. Mm. I'm going to make it to the end. And then they train you. So if you never quit, I'm going to train you and add these skills on top of this never quit mentality that makes you very, very lethal for a long period of time. So you make a promise you're going to keep it. (laughs) It literally in like, terms of the media it sounds like if you've seen like winter soldier bucky Mm -hmm. and marvel like that's what i'm envisioning is just this machine of a human you know well it's not an so the the interesting thing about and we're talking about mental or mental health and Mm -hmm. so the interesting thing about seals is they're empathic really they're very feeling but they've wow. learned to go, mm, I'm not going to feel that. Because if I feel it now, I, I'm not going to function. Mm. So they, they have the off switch. In okay. retirement is when people are getting in, uh, in trouble. Okay. Because if you're surrounded by people who can turn off and on very quickly, then after you've turned off, you have a process of coming back to life and you get things turned on. But if you're not with your band of brothers, you, uh, I'm, I'm kind of retarded on the switch. I don't know how to turn it yeah. off and on anymore. Yeah. And then people browbeat you because you seem to be cold. You know, like the winter soldier seems mm-hmm. cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never known somebody that has been in combat that is cold to another brother. Mm. Like it's so connecting. Like the human connection between brothers is empathic. Like you can, Oh dude, I get it. You don't have to say anything. And then you get that impression in the real world with other people, but you can't share with them because they don't have any depth to share from. Right. And so it's a, it's a, and my wife is like, man, you guys are sociopaths, but (laughs) you all can sense each other Mm -hmm. at seven miles away. You sense what the other is feeling. Mm. Uh, it's, that's the issue with mental Mental muscle, as it gets energized, it becomes very empathic with all the other human beings. Mm. And it's very difficult to kill somebody. It's a very difficult experience. And you can't be cold because it doesn't function that way. The human body doesn't like the cold. That's kind of psychopathic mm-hmm. where it just doesn't process it. Right. It's like drinking a beer. Oh, kill somebody. Drink a beer. That's psychopathic. Mm-hmm. Sociopath is when it doesn't function in society because it doesn't learn to turn off and on very well. In right. the SEAL teams, it's like our debriefs after missions were very emotional because mm. you 
you got to spill it right then. Wow, right. Because tired. when you yeah, keep it in, that's where you start those problems and flipping yep. that switch gets confusing. Mm. Yeah, that's the sunshine part of it. You got to yeah. get back into the light. <laughs> yeah. So the the basis with this podcast and this name is that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. So mm-hmm. especially in our world now, it's this highlight real society where everyone's putting on a face, they're putting on their game face, but behind closed doors, so much is going on that people yeah. don't know about. And that's what I want to dive into. And I think- yeah. Even you just giving that background of, yes, you can look at these Navy SEALs and know what they're trained to do, but then also just have that compassion to know, one, what they're going through, and two, what's going on inside their brain. And mm-hmm. that just kindness, you know, you can show mm-hmm. kindness and show grace to people in the way that they process the world around them. Well, grace, yes. Kindness is a difficult process. Don't you think kindness is difficult? I think these days, yes. <laughs> grace, grace is uh, the application of empathy without letting the other person um, deceive themselves. So, uh, uh, like if you came to me, boy, I'm getting a divorce. Grace is accepting you, mm-hmm. but letting you know that it's a two-way street. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not all her fault or all, yeah. all his fault. You were mm-hmm. on the bandwagon too, and. So that's a graceful position to be in since, you know, that's a, it's a big leadership thing too, is how to apply grace. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one is a very difficult one. (laughs) It is. I think it is truly hard to be kind, especially in the world that we're in now. And Mm -hmm. with everyone freely being able to share their opinion, which is amazing with that comes the opposite of kindness, (laughs) you know, and, oh man. Yeah. Everything can, everything's interpretation. So you could tell somebody they look pretty and they could take it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. You're like, I'm just going to be here and be quiet. Mm -hmm. Being quiet is now not kind. You're like, oh dude, I'm just not going to do anything anymore. Yep. And now everyone is encouraged to live their truth and your truth could be different than my truth and vice versa. And it's, tangled and messy. <laughs> How have you personally, Tom, navigated your transition from active duty to civilian life? You've built us in on what training is like, how mentally tough, physically tough it is. How, how have you navigated that? It's, I think it's the hardest thing that I've done because there's no runway. There's no guidance uh, to so one of the ways to imagine this, if you're listening or watching, is uh, uh, what you do after you summit Everest. Like after you win, what happens? Mm-hmm. And I'd had a great career. Ended up, I'd uh, been awarded the Silver Star and Bronze Star with Valor and four other Valor Awards and got a presidential unit citation, which is kind of like the Medal of Honor for the whole team that we're on and a lot of combat, and oh my God, I survived, and I never got shot. Wow, that's like an Everest, or that's like the Super Bowl. Hey, cool, man, you just won the Super Bowl. Bye. Now what? What do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. I had a little lag time. I had a little freedom to to get out and get out slowly, Uh, but then all of a sudden you're out, and you can't impact the team anymore. 
like you know you're not going to be functioning at that high level with other people that are the greatest humans on the planet oh, what are you going to do uh so that process starting over uh, i was comfortable with and i knew like here's the three ways to transition don't ever do it alone mm. be honest and have goals that scare you up front it's like don't wait to have any of that happen like the immediate on transition get a mentor mm. have a goal that is another another everest so okay i summited everest okay i'm going up k2 which is like the second highest mountain in the world yep which is 10 times more difficult so i you got to you got to have something that scares the dog poop out of you <laughs> if you don't you will you will flounder and you'll never hear that on social media. Like, be scared often. Mm. And you do hear it differently. Uh, be uncomfortable. Yep. Em embrace suck and all those other con conditions that people say. Yep. But the, the genesis of that is the, the human being loves to climb a hill that it thinks it's going to die climbing. Because it always has to get better. And so those three things are get a mentor. Be honest and then have a goal. Very, it's very difficult to do. Most people don't do that. Hey, I'm yeah. retired. Good, you're going to die in three years. If you retire, you're going to die in three years. Hmm. Or you'll get fat. You'll get a divorce. <laughs> Your wife's not used to you being this person. Yeah. Your kids don't know who you are. And now you're not on point. You're not being the greatest version of yourself. So all that boil down to those three elements are a great transition story. And I don't know if it's luck. I, I forced myself to have uh, a, a board of people that watched me. Mm. Like uh, once a month, I would meet with five people and they would be like, tell me what's going on. And if I wasn't honest, they're like, oh, I don't have time. So if you're not going to have time to be straightforward, I'm not going to help you. Wow. And I'm like, uh, and they're all like, uh, what, what, are your, what are your goals? What are you committed to? I'm just trying to figure shit out. Don't do that. Nope. Have a goal. So you're trying to figure stuff out. Somebody else is going to tell you what to do, and then you're going to flounder. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, so the first, and I was transitioning in 2014, January is when I got out. And then Stacy put the book up on Amazon on Memorial Day that year. Wow. And all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not a public person. I don't want to do this stuff. And She's like, I don't care. <laughs> that Spartan woman. <laughs> I, I want, I want you to be in. You got to be in front of people where you're scared all the time. I'm like, wow. oh God. So, and that was helpful. Wow. Yeah, I think it's just a testament to getting that community to hold you accountable to yourself because it's one thing to have goals and not speak them out loud, but mm -hmm. once you say it out loud, you're accountable for it. And well, you be, be very careful who you say it to. Mm -hmm. Don't say it to your dog. <laughs> it, it don't make any difference to the nope. dog. The other thing is like, if you're really committed to something, pay somebody. Mm. Hey, I, I want to open up my business and I need somebody to help me pay somebody to help you because they're really interested in you now. Yep. Not that money is everything, but I'm accountable because you pay me. If you right. just ask me to help, you're going to, I'm going to burden you with all my troubles too. But if 
you're going to pay me to succeed. I will help you. It's a, it's a human factor. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the idea of creating buy-in. And if someone mm. is putting forth their own money, like you said, us as a society, we value money and you know how hard you had to work to make that money. So you're going to want to redeem what you put forth yep. and get something. Yeah, and I, I had, I, I kind of bought of the five mentors, I paid two of them. Okay. You're like, I ain't got the time. So if you're not going to be committed, I'm not going to come a, a, an hour a month to a meeting. And I'm like, man, uh, cool. I can give you vapor. I don't have any money. They're like, I'm not interested. <laughs> and I fought that emotionally going, I can't believe you value money over friendship. Mm-hmm. They're like, friendships mm-hmm. come and go, bro. Committed people are different. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I hate that. So uh, I'm always in the business of having somebody help me do things that are a struggle. And sometimes it's a trade. Sometimes it's fund funding. And uh, that shows how serious you are. And people don't do that very often. No, but that's so inspiring to hear you say that. And thinking back in my own life, the great things that I've accomplished have been when I put that effort to pay someone that I know is an expert that can help me. And I think it's all about you know, realizing what your own strengths are and being able to ask for help when you need it. Yeah, the, the, this, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to no, answer a question. Go for the, it. The weakness, uh, I, I think, always pursue your weaknesses, which mm-hmm. is counter to like what social media, there's various, you know, lay p- or figures that don't play to your, play to your strengths, don't deal with your weakness. And then they use the analogy that a 5 2 person wanting to play pro basketball, that's not a strength weakness phenomenon. Weaknesses are uh, like character things. You can boost those weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like a weakness is I, I, you know, I don't like the time between five and eight in the morning. So get help. Figure out a way to somebody to help you between five and eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or it's very difficult to uh, do Zoom calls. So get freaking help. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not the five, two trying to compete in pro basketball analogy. That's mm-hmm. not a strength weakness issue, uh, but always get better at what you're weak at. And that's all they taught you in the seal teams push until there's a weakness and then enhance the weakness mm. and the things that you're good at, who cares? Let them go. If you're good at bench press, don't do that all the time. Wow. Like, uh, do pull-ups. Oh, I hate pull-ups. Good. Do pull-ups. Do those. I don't like to swim. Good. <laughs> swim. I don't like mm. the cold water. Good. Do cold water immersion. And so that way of living into your weakness that you can always enhance it was 23 years. And I just pulled that into the, into the coaching business is uh, like, if, if you want an easy life, don't bring me on as a consultant because it's not going to get easy. It'll just get worse. <laughs> Hey, at least you're up front and honest yeah, with them, you know? It's a funny process. <laughs> We've talked so much and you've gave such insightful information just again on the training process and this whole topic surrounding mental health. What are you personally doing or what is the goal that you're actively pursuing that scares you right mm. now? Uh, la- I can tell you last year's, was hiring somebody to help me teach. Okay. So I had trained 411 men and women 
and one of them once wanted me to teach them how to teach the process that I developed. Uh, that scared me. Letting go of a baby is a, a difficult thing. Like I'd created something, made a lot of money. I loved it. I thought it was a secret and training Brock to help me with that mean it meant I had to give it away. Mm. And so when he started, um, cause I would just train you as it would just be you and I, it would take you and I a year to get through it. And it was a lot of money for you, but I would always double your income. So it always paid for itself from your mm-hmm. vantage point. And he goes, well, I don't want to teach individuals. So I think we should teach teams and let's do seminars. I'm like, I don't know if we can do it in a seminar. I can't get more than two people to agree to the training. How are we going to get 50? He goes, that's what I do. That's my forte is getting multiple people engaged in a process. I'm like, okay. So I had to give up what I thought was true about success over to a new phenomenon. And when COVID hit, when it was illegal to have group training is when we launched, I'm like, oh yeah, we're, we're done. You're like, great. And so we did eight trainings last year and then five seminars this year and, uh, and 50 people in a room. And the only wow. place that we could do it were churches because okay. uh, they didn't care nope. <laughs> <laughs> and they needed hey, the money. So use that to your advantage. Uh, it was, uh, that, that, that mental process of letting something go that I'd created was very difficult and, uh, it, the scary part. And I, uh, when I got out of the SEAL teams, I replaced the physical part with a, another scary thing called ultra running. So I, I started ultra running in 2014 and have done 150 every year since then. Oh my goodness. But during COVID, I stopped because all the races stopped. Yep. And I uh, bought my son and I mountain bikes and replaced okay. ultra running with mountain biking, which is scary because if I break myself, I don't have a job. And like the yep. first month I fell and dislocated my shoulder. Yay. Oh. And, uh, but it's, uh, it, I, it was, it's still been the funnest part of doing things that are beneficial to my family and scary for me to do. Mm. Now you said you're into ultra running. My husband also is into ultra running. Mm. He's training for an Ironman right now. What oh, wow. is your favorite race? that you have done like favorite location uh utah there's a race uh called the bear it's a hundred okay. miler and it's thirty-eight thousand foot gain Ooh. which it's either uphill or downhill i'm like i i don't remember any flats and it's <laughs> terrible weather i mean uh, to me it was more surviving than it was running even mm. though i knew i was running i was freezing my ass off yes yeah, so like if i stay, if i stop going. here and rest i'm dying i'm like oh my <laughs> Uh, I think that's a, my favorite location because it's breathtaking at the same time. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Incredible. Do you have any races coming up that you're training for? No? I'm, uh, we're, uh, I'm just mountain biking now. I replace running with mountain biking and, uh, our next big, uh, endeavors when it cools down, uh, take my son to Utah and we, we're going to do a week in Utah mountain oh, biking. Oh, fun. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's 3000 degrees there now. So we're, yeah. And he's back in school. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much again for 
reaching out, for wanting to come on and just share your story with our audience. I'm so humbled that you're here and it was incredible just learning from you for the past 30 minutes. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. I want to give you an opportunity. I will link everything that we talked about in the episode notes, but if you personally would like to share where people can find you on the internet, Mm -hmm. I understand you have a podcast as well too. So if Mm -hmm. you'd like to plug some things, go for it. Uh, Yeah. My podcast is called Unbreakable and on iTunes as well. Uh, Our website is called unbreakableleadership.com and most of our programs are articulated there. And Instagram is the where I spend most of my time, uh, just because it's I've graduated. I've either devalued myself and gone to Instagram, or I don't remember. <laughs> so Frogman Out on Instagram is where we are there, and uh, uh, we have an upcoming training uh, called the Twenty Four Hour, which I wrote about in the first book. I wanted my kids to be able to learn how tough they are to move for 24 hours without sleeping. Mm. And now we've done 38 of them. Wow. Our next one's October 9th. And people come from South Africa and Europe. And, and uh, it's quite an experience to, to feel yourself falling apart and then learn how to keep going. Uh, but yeah, that's unbreakableleadership.com is where everything centers. Perfect. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I'm quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Thank you again to our incredible guests for getting so vulnerable with us about their own personal stories and for helping each of us remember to look at a situation with a new perspective. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. It really does make a difference in helping us get these conversations out there to the world. If you'd like to share your own story with our audience about how you've overcome something in your life or maybe want to start an important conversation that needs to be heard, please send us an email at hello at Stay colorful and we'll see you next week, besties.